Today's tale is one of my absolute favorites from my collection, so make yourself comfortable and prepare for the tale of the knight and the maiden fair. A thematically appropriate time ago, in a small village, there lived a maiden fair. Her eyes were functional, her ears were what you'd imagine attractive ears would look like, and she had a well-turned calf, whatever that means. All in all, she embodied the standards of beauty defined by her immediate cultural surroundings. One dark and sinister night, a foul wind blew into the sleepy village, heralding the arrival of a band of vile brigands. The thieves burned the village, looting as they went. When dawn broke, the villagers were distraught to find that the fair maiden, along with a number of other women less important to the overall narrative, had been kidnapped. The citizens of the village cried out to whatever deity they locally worshipped for salvation. Imagine their surprise when... From a distance, there came the sound of galloping hooves. A knight, tall and resplendent in shining armor, rode into the village on a great war horse. He was adorned in a breastplate of gleaming silver, with a great white cloak fastened at the shoulders that flowed luxuriously down over the back of his mount. At his back was slung a great two-handed sword, with a ruby the size of a hen's egg set in the pommel. He lowered his visor and, in a knightly voice, addressed the town. Hello there, villagers. I have heard a rumor of a band of brigands that have set themselves to looting this fair town. Alas, though I rode through the night, it appears that the foul monsters have come and gone. That they have, cried the village mayor, and they have taken the fairest maiden in the village, along with several other assorted women. Please find them, and we'll give you anything you want. Chivalry demands that I find them, replied the knight, sitting up straighter in his saddle. And if this maiden is as fair as you imply, I will wish for her hand in marriage. Done, replied the mayor. At that, the knight rode at a gallop out of the town and into the thick woods, fast on the trail of the bandits. The knight, however, was much more used to performing his heroic deeds on open fields and, having almost no skill in woodscraft to speak of, found himself promptly and hopelessly lost. A few hours later, a much muddier knight stumbled, exhausted, into a clearing in the woods. 
His horse had abandoned him the third time he galloped straight into a low-hanging branch, the first and second times having cost him his fine white cloak and ruby-studded greatsword, respectively. His breastplate was dirtied and dented, and now shone with all the luster of a good rust. He was exhausted, he was sweaty, and he was still utterly lost. The clearing that our knight had stumbled into turned out to be the front yard of a small stooped hut set back against the trees on four spindly stilts. An equally spindly and stooped woman stood over a cauldron a few paces in front of the hut, stirring a vivid orange mixture that bubbled and steamed. Who there, crone? called the knight. Be you a witch? I am an old woman in a story who lives deep in the woods. Of course I'm a witch, she replied. And you are an errant knight in search of some maiden or an ancient dragon's gold hoard or something of the like. The former, the knight replied, though I would not be opposed to finding the latter if you know of a dragon around these parts. I am, though, tracking a fair maiden who was kidnapped by bandits. I mean to save her and take her hand in marriage as dictated by the laws of chivalry. Ah, <laughs> cackled the witch, stirring her brew. You seek that which you have not earned. I know of this maiden and her bandits, but the information will come with a cost. Beyond this clearing is a cave, inside of which an ancient spirit dwells. If you can prove yourself worthy of the maiden's virtue to this spirit, I will gift you with the knowledge you seek. It's that easy? the knight asked standing straight and proud for the first time in the last hour. I will prove myself worthy and be back here before nightfall. Thank you, old hag. You're most kind, despite your horrid appearance. And so the knight dashed off, following the directions of the witch from the woods. Before long, he came to the cave that she spoke of, entering it with the assurance of a man preordained to success. Unfortunately, however, he did not find an ancient spirit residing in the cave, but instead came face to face with a mother bear, guarding her cubs. The knight reached for his greatsword, but found that it had been lost. He tried to run, but a few hundred pounds of bear suddenly pinned him to the ground, stopping his flight. The knight wondered why his self-confidence and chivalry had not protected him, while the bear was just thankful that the forest had provided dinner, delivered conveniently straight to her door. The witch for she was a witch after all, was just thankful for peace and quiet. She sat comfortably in her house, eating the squash soup that she had been making when the knight appeared. 
She thought of the man calling her a crone in an old hag and hideous, and felt a deep satisfaction at a lesson well taught. The End Oh, of, of course, I forgot about the maiden and her assorted kidnapped companions. Well, about an hour after they were taken, the maiden woke up from the knock on her head. It should be mentioned at this point that the maiden was the daughter of the village's most accomplished knife fighter. She simply slipped the knife that she always slept with out of its sheath, cut her bonds and the bonds of her fellow captives, and led them back to the village not half an hour after the knife first went dashing off. As for the bandits, well, let's just say that they didn't make it to the next village and leave it at that. The maiden, having heard she was nearly sold off to a knight, shamed the villagers and convinced them that she needed no saving, thank you very much. With that, she retired back to her home to wash off the bandit blood and get a good night's sleep. The assorted other women expressed their displeasure at being lumped together as assorted other women until everybody in the village was appropriately embarrassed about the whole situation. The village remained peaceful for many years to come. The maiden and her companions were hailed as heroes, and everyone lived as happily as you could in a medieval fairy tale setting for as long as could be expected for a collection of assorted villagers. The actual end. Thank you for listening. If you like this story and want to hear more, be sure to follow Storytime with the Archivist anywhere podcasts are sold. The music for today's story was conjured from Epidemic Sound. If you want to support Storytime with the Archivist, visit www.patreon.com slash archivistpodcast. Goodbye!